We're back. We're back. It's a distraction. I'm Drew. That's Roth. How you doing, Roth? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm great. It's Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, Roth. Yeah, it feels amazing. Normal and fun. That's yeah. the way I like to think of my Thanksgivings being. Well, for this Thanksgiving, Roth, I'm going to serve you the biggest turkey of all. It's oh. Defector Zone, Albert Bernico. Hi, Albert. Oh, no. You invited <laughs> him on the podcast just to drop a devastating burn on him. <laughs> He'll never recover. Never. Yep. <laughs> Hi, Albert. Hey, hey. How are you? How are you doing, Albert? You doing well? Yeah, you know, I'm, uh, I'm probably about as stir-crazy as anybody else, but I am ready for turkey. I, are you actually have... doing one? Yeah, well, nobody's coming over, but um, it'll be even more depressing if there's no, like, Thanksgiving leftovers tomorrow, and or not, I guess not tomorrow, but, you know, after Thanksgiving. Um, so yeah, yeah, even if only for that, I'm going to do just like the the basics. That's fair. Yeah, yeah I, yeah. Uh, my Getting wife and speech. I, Go ahead. Uh, my, uh, my daughter who's 14 turned vegetarian, but she's like a very unreliable vegetarian. So like, sometimes she, like, I don't, I go out of my way to not make meat for her. For dinner, but sometimes I'll be eating bacon, and she'll be like, "Oh, I'll have some of that," and I'll be like, "What?" I'm like, like I taste tested like spicy McNuggets from McDonald's. She's like, "I want one of those." I was like, "Oh, this? This is what you break your embargo for?" So we were gonna not get a turkey this year because, uh, because it's a big bird, and there were only two of us eating it because the boys are fussy eaters or whatever. And then, uh, and so we're like, "Well, what are the options?" Well, we were gonna make like a big chicken. Or uh, we found a recipe for, like, a, a rolled turkey breast, like a roulade. Uh, and I was like, that could work. Even though I think even though I think white turkey meat is, like, by far inferior to dark. Yeah, that's, like, technically a construction material more than it is a food. Yeah, and then my wife uh, went to the store and came back, and she found, against all odds, a small, modest turkey. And so we're making a whole damn turkey, and I get to throw it in the smoker again. So nice. You could do a uh, capon. Or a Cornish what? game hen. Roth, are you going to have a turkey? Yeah, it'll happen. Um, it's not the sort of thing that I, I guess I uh, like. I'm just so ingrained in those habits at this point that it's like it would feel stupid if it, if it didn't. But uh, yeah, it's just it's weird, man. Like I'm not at that stage of enlightenment yet where I can just accept that you can like eat pasta on Thanksgiving if yeah. you want to. Okay. Yeah, no way. Like and. You know, you could. There's nothing wrong with it. Like, it honestly would probably be better. Like, I could just make one of the many things I'm better at cooking, but I'm not going to do that. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, like, one year when I was younger, my parents took me to Chinatown with a family friend, and we had Peking duck for Thanksgiving. And that was an awesome alternative yeah, to Thanksgiving. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. Like, yeah. the better-tasting version of a Thanksgiving turkey. Yeah, and I and I like turkey, and I always defend turkey, particularly right around now, because this is always when the turkey haters spring up to be like, "Hey, guess what? I have a novel take. Yeah. Turkey is bad." <laughs> and like, even Mike Sure, Mike fucking Sure, last night did a whole like incredibly pedantic thread about like how actually no one likes Thanksgiving dinner, and you don't like it, and you've deluded yourself into like American religion. I was like, I like the food. Knock it off, you piece of shit. Yeah. I want more cranberries as part of the diet, which I believe he called swamp pellets in yeah. his post, which was the one part of it where I was like, ah, fair enough. Like, that's where they're found. That's how they're shaped. 
But I didn't think that it was. Uh, I did not think it was an essential take from him. No, I don't think it's an essential take. I, I, and I think we should derive more food from bogs and not yes. Yeah. yeah, like I'm. We're we're a peat household. We eat a lot of peat. Uh, so we have a lot of medieval diseases, but I like it and I support it. Any type of moss that you can work into your diet, I encourage our listeners to to do that. Our, are you making any side dishes or any? Uh, are you throwing any curveballs into the Thanksgiving feast this year? No, you know, I have tended not to be a Thanksgiving curveball guy. I just want to do, like, the basic stuff well. And by well, I mean mostly just sort of how I'm familiar with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be the basics. Okay. Probably, what even are... le- probably with even less ambition than usual this year. I think what that's part are... of the fun of it, is doing it like that. Like, just doing, like, stuff that's, like, oafish, like, sweet potatoes made much sweeter. Like, you would never cook yeah. that any other day. But this is, like, the sort of thing where you're like, oh, I, all right, sure. Like, I'll put caramel sauce on this tuber. <laughs> <laughs> like, to salute America. Yeah. yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you, what are the basics, Albert? Is it just turkey stuffing potatoes? Yeah, and then, like, um... My kids want, uh, yeah, like the candied yams. Um, right. And, uh, and yeah, and, like, I am a particular sucker for the, like, absolute most disreputable green bean casserole. Oh, it's um, so good. There will be that. So yeah. it's, like, French onion soup mix or whatever, yeah. just, like, some, like, gloopy suspension action. Yeah, like, action. cream of mushroom soup with French onions in it and some sort of green. The onions <laughs> like, are, are so hapless. vital. Yeah. Oh, the the crispies that go on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. you mix them in with the cream of mushroom soup right. and the beans, and, and then, then you put more on top. Really, nice. it's the whole thing is a vehicle for fried onions, which is why I just buy the fried onions now and eat those plain instead. <laughs> I wonder what I would like to see, like the the distribution chart for sales of that product over the course of the calendar year. Oh, dude. Because I feel like this is like when they make their money, you know, like this week. But then the rest of it is like, you still got to fry the onions, put them in bags and get them on shelves. But like only true perverts are just like bringing those home and eating them out of the bag. <laughs> I mean, this is the time of year when I go to the giant and you'll see like the standalone displays for that, for that and like poultry seasoning and like, like uh, fucking Marie calendars, like pumpkin pies and like, that's it. They're like those are the niche products that make four billion dollars this week and yep. zero dollars. <laughs> Just the shut down for fifty more weeks. Like there's the one particular yeah, there's product like a- that I can't help myself with. That is, it's a canned yam product, but the name on it, it's like it's called Bruce Yams. Like that's the family name, yes. I guess, on it. But there's no way that I cannot do the like. Please, my father was Mr. Yams. Call me Bruce Yams. <laughs> joke in my head every time I go by it. Like, I don't do it out loud because I'm not at that stage of like mental collapse yet. But every time I see that. them in the store, I'm like, oh, good one, Dave. Like, you <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> I have to ask then. Uh, I I have a bit of a dilemma every Thanksgiving, where I feel like I'm forced to choose between sweet potatoes and regular mashed potatoes. And I think we're, we're having sweet potatoes this year because that's what the kids eat. Uh, but I can never make both. Like, I feel like that's overkill to have two kinds of potatoes. Albert, can you do two kinds of potatoes or you just pick one? Oh, yeah. No, doing both. Doing both. Really? Oh. I mean, there's only, one, there's only one occasion a year when you can put six different starches on one plate <laughs> and have nobody regard that as particularly perverted. Yeah. Well, they're just like, oh, uh, this guy really respects the holiday. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pass that up. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Either this guy what hates shitting for? or really loves Thanksgiving. 
I remember one year we went to my uh, my in-laws and I got a plate and I loaded the plate because that's what I do every Thanksgiving. And my wife saw the plate and we're talking about like it was like to the rim. And my wife was like, oh, come on, Drew. Come on. And I was like, it's Thanksgiving. Can it, lady? I do what I want. And I ate so much I threw up later. Oh, oh no. boy. I've definitely had a Thanksgiving. I used to do the thing uh, in my weirdly. This was something I did when I was younger. But like you know, after Thanksgiving di- dinner, I would like have a cigar with my dad, and that was like for a while. Ooh. It was the sort of thing where like either you don't have the cigar or you eat like a normal person. But I was like, "Fuck it, man! I'm gonna live forever. I'm 26." <laughs> and so you do both, and then just like spend like 30 minutes with your head in your hands at the end of the evening. <laughs> like my, for some reason, the Nets always used to play on Thanksgiving night. And so I, my friends would get together at, like, one of their houses and be like, do you want to go watch the, the Nets play the Clippers? Like, it's going to be a terrible game. Come join us. And I would just basically have to be like, I, I'll do it as soon as I'm, like, done being nauseous from this thing that I've decided <laughs> is a tradition, even though all it does is make me upset. I remember, I feel like I feel like every guy has, like, some moment in their teens and 20s where they have, like, a reverence for cigars and, like, they try to smoke a stogie, like... Like a rich old guy, like, like yeah, like slobbering over the end, like they're Rush Limbaugh, like oh yeah, yeah. Now I'm a king, and <laughs> I'm then, in flavor country. Yeah, and then ten minutes later, you're like this is this tastes like shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, then just feeling like absolute death afterwards. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like a cigar hangover is nearly as bad as an alcohol hangover. Just yeah, and you smell bad too. That's the other like that used to be the case when you could smoke in bars. That would be the sort of thing where I would gauge like how stupid I was the next day. It's like I would, you know, for years I just woke up with a headache every day because it was fun. And then, but I would also, like, if you woke up and you just smelled like an ashtray, you were like, oh, all right, cool, like, mission accomplished, I guess. But, yeah, with yeah. cigars, it's like that's non-negotiable. Like, your mouth sucks for two days. Like, yeah, your hair smells. Feeling like one of those little shrunken head guys. Like, Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny that, like, that was one of the, of all the, like, shitty 80s, relics to come back during the I guess this was more of a 90s relic to come back during the Trump years seeing like cigars return as a signifier was like the swallows returning to Capistrano you know the like the Rudy Giuliani's cigar bar ass like entering the culture for one last <laughs> yellow toothed turn around the track is definitely like just felt right you know it did it did I also I remember uh because I met my wife in New York, and we lived there for six years, and this was back before the smoking ban happened. And so, uh, you know, you go into a bar, and, like, by then I was always, I was used to cigarettes being in bars. I didn't give a shit. Yeah. But, like, sometimes you get the one asshole firing up a stogie in the bar, and I'd be like, oh, come on. Yeah, it's a Come on, hell. guy. <laughs> like, yeah. the one guy who, like, he needed to have his smell be the predominant smell of the bar. Like, against all against all others. There's a cigar guy in my neighborhood. Like, in the way that, like, neighborhoods tend to have guys where there's just someone that, you know, like, that you recognize on the street because they have distinctive, weird personal style. Like, we have a beret guy, too. Like, I wish him well. We're not at the hey. stage where I, like, nod to him. Aww. But the cigar guy is, like, I think he's, like, Italian from Italy. Because he's always got, like, nicely... Like, he's wearing a blazer and, like, a nice shirt, and it's, like, open a little more. Not in, like, a hairy, like, John Travolta way, just in a kind of, like, my tailor suggested that I not button this, and, like, I take my tailor's advice sort of way. Right. And he walks around smoking a cigar at, like, happy hour-ish night, time of night, uh, and talking on the phone. And, like, and not wearing a mask, naturally, because that's uh, somehow a European thing. Um, right. But... 
I like I don't I steer fairly clear of him because he smells and he's you know not wearing a mask or whatever. But I it seems like he's getting a lot out of life, and I I support him all the same. Like there's a part of me where it's like these are all choices that you've made that like clearly you're you're really sticking with. I wouldn't do any of those things that you're doing, but like hats off. Uh, Albert, are you like me? Did you uh, did you revere Swisher Sweets as a teen? Because they had candy uh, at the end. I did not. We had a. I had a, a grandfather who smoked like, not Swisher Sweets, but the cig- the little tiny cigars that came. Oh, with the cigarillos. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, and, and so I just associate any sort of anything like that with things smelling bad. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It's incredible that cigars ever got past that, where they were like, because they're basically like the associations. Like if you did like a focus group, and you're like, everybody just say the first thing that comes to mind, and it'd be like bad smells, grandpa, mouth cancer, Rudolph Giuliani. Like, and yet they still made it as a product. That's why. That's why people smoke them. Like cigars are the original own the libs product. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh, you hate this thing that smells horrible. At all times and leaves it sent in the room for a week after I'm done firing up. Sounds like you're triggered. Yeah, sounds like you're a little bit of a snowflake mom. <laughs> puff, puff, puff. But I have photo. to admit that it is kind of fun to smoke a cigar. For as yeah, disgusting it rules. as it is, it's a trap that I've walked into like a dozen times in my life because I see somebody else doing it and I'm like, that looks fun. And I have to go for it. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's just you, at some point, it's you're weighing the balances of pros and cons a little bit better than you, you know, maybe were in the past. But well, uh, but yeah, it depends what you're what you're looking for. If you're like Roger Stone and you want to like gloat about the fact that you're dressed like the penguin and smoking like just what looks to be just a larger than average poop. If that's like <laughs> if, that, if that's the move that you're trying to make, then like yeah, you can't beat him for that. I'm also I'm also of the age where you know if I see people vaping I'm like well man up and smoke cigarettes baby <laughs> do it right. <laughs> so many of our coworkers vape at this point that I I can't judge it. I'm like this is the only thing that's keeping Luis together. Like just let him let him rock. You know. Yeah, <laughs> vaping and playing World of Warcraft. Was that what he played? <laughs> thirteen straight hours for thirteen. Did he was he really playing? No, World it was of he played. He got it done pretty fast. It was like ten hours or. But something. still, it was oh, Warcraft, yeah, right? Yeah, I, mean, I didn't even know people have played that since like twenty twelve. I didn't realize that. Albert, you're a man of game. You will play a longer <laughs> session, right? I, I am a well. I used to be a, able to play a, a gamer longer American. Session. Now that I'm yeah, now that I'm old, uh, by like our two and a half my neck hurts mm-hmm. <laughs> and my eyes hurt and i need to stop and then i play another half an hour and then that's it. <laughs> yeah that makes sense anything yeah, that you're doing I, for more than three hours as an adult you gotta check yourself a bit yeah like i go down play everybody's golf while i'm just completely blazed out of my mind uh, <laughs> over the weekends and i go like an hour but like like it's it's not the same as a as an RPG game. Like I, I don't, I don't, I'm not into those. Like I don't do them because I don't think I have the youthful energy required to like. I don't want to play any game where I have to like interact with other people, like strangers online. Yeah, I or find pay like close attention for a while, like no. and be stressed out. It just seems. I'm sure there's more to it than that, but that's like absolutely where I draw the line personally. When I game, I like to game alone. 
Nice. Hell yeah. You prefer to be by yourself. <laughs> you guys want to talk about sports? We are a no, sports podcast no, on Thanksgiving. On. We, right, have, uh, we have three horrible, horrible uh, Thanksgiving Day games. I th- um, as of this recording, there are three. There ought to be two. Well, there ought to be zero. There Albert. might be two. There mi- I mean, I want to believe there might be two. But I think the NFL has already done their rearranging of the deck chairs stuff with the Titans early in the season. And I think they decided... Nah, we're not going to do that anymore. We're just going to finish the season. If, if people die, they die. Like that's Yeah, like, I mean, at this point, they're going to come up with a way to have a fourth game. Yeah. yeah. This, is, this is us taking it to the virus. Yeah. Right. Coach, Coach Gruden insisted on playing. A I man also, doesn't back down. <laughs> from a pandemic. I also that's think right. we, uh, we wrote about this. It was the only, uh, I think the only coach or play, there, there is a, a, a Bills tight end who does have myocarditis and is gone for the season now. And then there is, uh, there's an assistant coach, Ed Donatel, uh, who has a severe case of COVID and I believe is still hospitalized. Brykwell Armstead is also uh, out for the season. It's been really sick. Okay, so it's been, it's been a few people. But otherwise, you know, we've, get it, we've gotten all these positive test results. And even like Andy Dalton tested positive, went out against the Vikings last week, still with his taste and his smell compromised. Uh, and, of course, beat the Vikings, because that's how yep. things work. Uh, but to me, it, and, and also given the, the, uh, the super spur events at the White House, like the 9,000 super spreader events they've had where no it's one the, has died. Even it's though just I wish, one rolling super spreader event that's yeah. been spread across like six weeks. And like Kelly Leffler got it, and she's not dead yet. Like none of them died, <laughs> which is awful. And so I, the, you know, with the NFL thing... And with the White House thing, I wonder if it is, uh, and now this is a question for you, if it's completely illustrative of the fact that there are two clay, two sort of casts of COVID sufferers in the country right now, where if you are loaded enough and if you have enough accesses to resources treatment and just constant testing, because the NFL uses more tests than like entire European nations do, uh, you know, whether or not you can essentially render uh, this virus more of an inconvenience and 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 have it be like actually be an inconvenience more than like the obscenely fatal threat it is to the rest of the general population or am i wrong on that bernico i don't think you're wrong um i think it's sort of self-evidently true that like with basically any other hardship in the society the the richer and more you know optimized for capitalism you are the better your outcomes will be um at the risk of falling into the trap that all of us libs fell into with Trump, where we were like, you know, the longer that they hide the fact that he's dying, the more abruptly he's going to dissolve. Um, <laughs> I do sort of feel like that's where the, that's sort of, uh, that's coming for the NFL. Like they can only sort of put this off for so long before the fact that they're sending guys out on the field, uh, who have coronavirus, um, leads to, to, you know, not just a, a, a few, uh, you know, rumors of guys being very sick, but like somebody, you know, somebody who, who we know and somebody whose name we recognize being in the ICU. Um, because, yeah. yeah, I don't know, maybe, maybe this is a, maybe this is like a sort of article of socialist faith for me or something, but right. I do sort of feel like, um, uh, you know, being rich only gets you so far in the face of like disease. The Ravens yeah. have had three guys play with COVID 
They've had Marlon Humphrey, Mark Ingram, and J.K. Dobbins all play while they had the virus. And so it's insane to me that that I just I can't fathom them getting away with them not killing like Lamar Jackson. At some point. Yeah, that's the the thing that's so weird about this though, and this is like sort of goes back to I think an element of your question that I've been thinking about a lot is like the way that like the consequences, not just because of privilege or, you know, like position are different for some people than for others, but in terms of like who actually gets sick and who actually gets hurt from the way that this works. And so the idea that like the way the NFL thinks about it is like, it would be bad if like Lamar Jackson got sick because like people know who he is and care who he is. Right. That said, like, there's a bunch of people in the stadium on game day who can't limit their interactions with other, you know, they can't not be around other people. And some of them are players and coaches. And some of them are people that just fucking work there. They're, that's their second job. They're doing security stuff or they're doing op stuff or whatever. And like, that's how this all moves. This is how like that wedding in Maine where like 15 people got it, wound up killing like a hundred and or wound up sickening 170 people and killing a bunch downstream that like, yes, it's and that like goes back to the the kind of like the part of this question that's queasiest is like so who matters like whose sickness matters and right. whose sickness and suffering do we notice and that is the sort of thing where like i feel you know the dearth of solidarity or humanity up and down the culture really like has made this sort of hard to manage like not just because there's been like bad messaging and you know inconsistent you know, sort of leadership, like obviously that all didn't help, but it's just, there's this struggle to get past the idea that like something has an impact that's real beyond its impact on you. Like for a lot of Americans, that is really like just an impossible step. And, you know, I don't know how, you know, hopefully like the vaccine moves the ball down the field a little bit to use a sports metaphor in terms of managing it, but I don't know how you could solve a problem if you can't get people to think in a way that, like any problem of the ones that we face, if you can't get them to conceive more broadly of problems and solutions. My thought also was that Americans, because uh, like the whole sort of overarching thing is that Americans have been very selfish and don't care if other people die. Uh, but my thought this week, and uh, I think I think rather refuted it and i had no problem refuting it but I, I, it felt to me like this year has proved that americans don't really give a shit about their own lives all that much like it just seems to me like like the system's set up to grind you down so that it's like well maybe i should get the rona that seems that seems all right that seems like a nice option for me instead of paying for health care it's definitely the message it gets sent i think yeah. i think people like to sort of genuinely do seem to have a hard time in this society uh, conceiving of themselves as actually being part of a society. Yeah. Um, and that, that I think, is the source of some of the, to the extent that it is confusion, confusion about, like, what the mask is for. Um, you know, it yeah, and who it's of, for. This, it's, yeah, it's become this sort of, almost this sort of trite meme on, like, Twitter of people being like, you know, I'd rather die than wear a mask, but that's not the binary. The choice is, like, would you rather kill than wear a mask? Mm-hmm. Like, right. Uh, and people just sort of seem it's very slow to grasp that. And it's hard. It's very easy to, to me anyway, uh, given my priors to imagine that that has a lot to do with just the breakdown of 
you know, institutional American society, people having no sense that they're part of anything bigger than their family. Yeah, I think that speaks to Drew's point, too, that, like, it's so many signals that you get in the culture from the average workplace, from the way that, like, you know, politics sort of, like, engages with the people that it's supposed to serve. It is telling you that you don't really matter outside of what you can produce and, like, you know, what kind of, like, value you are generating. And, like, it's hard to sort of not internalize that. Like, I think that so much of the idea of, like, well, if I don't go to you know, fucking tilted kilt and scream into my buddy's <laughs> mouth. I'm not free or whatever that like what it's telling you. I mean, like that is the result of being told that like, that's the most that you can expect from the freedom and the Liberty that you have It's like, you have the right to go and choose between like three different lagers, all of which taste more or less the same. And then you get like, you can get regular wings or, or like spicier than regular wings. I have to tell you that if, if you said I could safely go to a tilted kilt right now, like and not get coronavirus, I would fucking sprint. Oh my god, dude! I was talking on the phone with a friend last night just about movie theaters, which is like the most oh. embarrassing thing. But like, I'm trying to think of just like how much I would pay to go watch not even a movie that's that good, like to go watch yes. a Breakdown starring Kurt Russell, where he tries to get his wife back from J.T. Walsh in a truck in the desert. It's a I good pay, movie. It's a it's, it's a perfectly good movie, but I picked it because it's like it's a good movie. Like, is that the sort of thing where like I want to see 2001? Right. Like, I would watch. I would watch Kurt Russell climb around on the outside of a truck. I would pay fifty dollars for that if I could. To go to a movie theater and just pick one of the titles and then yeah. come out to come out ninety minutes later and be like, "Man, that sucked." Like, yeah, I, I, know, I, I, know. I would pay hundred and fifty dollars to do that right now. <laughs> yeah, just go there with no plan because you're like, "Oh, it doesn't matter. What am I going to do? Fucking right. die from watching this movie?" <laughs> right. Let's take a break and come right back. We're going to close out the podcast. Come right back. We're back! We're back! Are you ready, Albert, for your first round of Dead or Cancelled? I am ready. All right. You have to choose. I hope I'm ready. Yeah, you have to choose. I'm going to give you a famous person. You have to tell me whether or not they're dead or cancelled. Are you ready? Yes. All right. This week's Dead or Cancelled is Terry Jones, former Monty Python alum. Terry Jones, is he dead or cancelled? I'm going to go with dead there. It's true. Terry Jones died this year. I was very, very sad about that. John Cleese is canceled. John yeah. Cleese is canceled. I wrote. He's canceling I mean, himself every day online. Every, he's one of straining like, for it. There yeah. is a there is a class of British old British bigot that like lives now to just double down on Twitter continuously, just over and over and over and over again. And it sucks that like I always knew, and I I, I write about this in the Jam Brew this week that like John Cleese was never a pleasant fellow. Like that's why. That's why his comedy worked, because you knew he was just an impatient bastard. Uh, but it sucks to have him be old now and just be, you know, sort of... Just a bargain-grade, like, transphobe. Like, no better yeah. or worse than any other asshole slinging that stuff online. Yep. I remember yeah. uh, years ago watching, like, the, the, the uh, commentary track on Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And it gets to the scene where... Um, Sir Galahad is in the castle anthrax with all the, the pretty ladies, right? And he's being tempted. And John Cleese is doing the commentary, and he's like, you know, I always thought this this um, this bit could have been funnier. These really needed to be top class girls, but we did, we couldn't get, we couldn't get better looking girls, so the jokes don't work. It's like, 
what? <laughs> the jokes don't work because the girls aren't good looking enough? <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. That's that was my very... first introduction to John Cleese being like just a sour sack of shit. Yep. That's it's a, always that's, a... Go ahead. That's Darren Ravel at the, uh, the Playboy Mansion Super Bowl party. Oh, yeah. Being so... Like... So depressed was, by the talent on hand. I was promised right. elite playmates. What is this, the travel team? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of canceled, time to drink from the Poison Chalice. And your uh, Poison Chalice uh, sources uh, this week is uh, Ready Player Two. Oh, no. Fine. Are you going to read some of the excerpts? I'm going to read one from you for you. Uh, and I say this as someone I read the first one. I read Ready Player One like five or ten years ago, and like I judge books on how fast I read them, and I read it in like an hour because it's a stupid book. But it was like I was like, oh, I enjoyed that. Like it had a Back to the Future reference in it or whatever. And then and then everyone was like, this actually drew this book sucks, and I was like, okay, yeah, all right. I'm very easily persuaded like that. And so the excerpts came out of Ready Player Two. It'll sell a billion copies, but the excerpts are wildly shitty. And uh, I'm going to read one of the clues, because it, it always reads like a game. And one of the clues, uh, Ernest Klein writes, is seek the seven shards of the siren's soul of the seven worlds where the siren once played a role. For each fragment, my heir must pay a toll to once again make the siren whole. Mm. So I'm going to have you chew on that while I have you, uh, while I present you with another dilemma, gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, it's about the mashup. So I'm okay. going gonna, gonna to give you the mashup of the week this week. However, uh, our own Tom Lay, who runs Defector, uh, said he, he DM'd Roth and I last week. And he said, listen, we've had like three separate people complain about the mashup of the week every week. Maybe <laughs> you guys should take the hint and stop doing it. And I was Two like, of them were you, me. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, really? <laughs> yeah, my position on the mashup is a matter of public record, so I can pretty much recuse myself from this one. But well, no, you 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 have to unrecuse yourself. You have to cuse yourself okay. and tell me whether or not this should be the last mashup or not. Daisy Rosario, our producer, enjoys the mashup for its comedic value, and so I must uh, include uh, her consideration here in this decision, but Roth and Albert, should this be the last mashup? I mean, Albert, do you want to break the news to him? Shit. <laughs> well, okay, so... so <laughs> see, this, the, the stakes are very low for me here because I've usually turned the podcast off by that point. Right. <laughs> Fair. So as, as the man in the arena, I would say that uh, it would maybe be the sort of thing where when you have a special occasion one, Ooh. You know, around holidays, if Ooh. there's something that's really, you know, on your mind. I think every week uh, it, it might be too much. All right. You know what? I think that's a fine compromise, and I'm willing to accept that. And uh, so to that end, now you have to listen to this week's mashup. Yeah, I know ready. we have to listen to it, well, so, But, okay, just to say this, my inclination is if people are complaining about it, you should keep it because they can go to hell. No, but they're the li- <laughs> I respect the listeners. If they said to me, oh, it's so bad, but I can't stop listening to it. Then that would be one thing. Okay. But they're like, no, I genuinely don't want to listen to you do this anymore, and I will unsubscribe from Defector if you keep <laughs> doing it. That I have to. So yeah, here's your uh, here's your mashup. Prepare your ears. I've lived a life that's full. I've traveled each and every highway and more, much more than this. 
I did it my way. It's my way. My way or the highway. This time I'ma let it all run out. This time I'ma stand up and <laughs> shout. I'ma do things my way. It's my way. My way or the highway. Just to let uh, let the listeners know, Brandon chimed in just before Drew started saying, singing that he also likes the mashup. Just feel like maybe now you can re- you're allowed to reconsider. Like none of this is permanent. <laughs> Albert, which two artists are those? All right. Well, so I picked up on the Sinatra, um, but I don't know the second one. All right. Oh, wait. Am I Roth? Still- can okay. you complete the the mashup? Yeah. It's a uh, so. It definitely was, like, kind of recognizable, like, hair-slash-butt rock of my youth, it sounded like. But I'm not sure. Sh- like, I want to say it's, like, a Molly Crew song, but it probably isn't. It is not. That is uh, Frank Sinatra. And the only song I have ever liked from the immortal Limp Biscuit. It's My Way by Limp Biscuit. Oh, okay. Chocolate starfish in the hot dog-flavored water. You don't Everyone's have to favorite. say the album name, man. <laughs> Everybody heard it. <laughs> I doubt yeah, I've even, ever heard that song before, so I can't. Uh, it's my. I was always like, I think I heard it in a cab once when I was drunk in New York, and I was like, I was like, is this Slim Biscuit? This is pretty good. I was very drunk. Yeah, that's <laughs> I fair. Like, and I was like twenty six, and uh, and so I remember it fondly for reasons that I should not remember it fondly. Did so the cab driver like ask your permission to be like, is it okay if I put Limp Biscuit on right now? <laughs> no, no. You know New York City cab drivers. They yeah, don't I don't do really give a shit. You there get was that, a, or you get like you get like uh, you get like Mark Levin like news. Or yeah, shit like that. I was. I remember being in a cab um, when Kay was in graduate school. We got in a cab coming back from a bar, and they, I, the phrase is like seared in my mind. Like I was like, "Do you want to jam some tunes?" And I was like, "Hell yeah, man! I want to jam some fucking tunes." And he put on Queensrÿche. Hey, it was like, hell yeah! That's but it was awesome. Like, but it was like new Queensryche. It was like he's like, "This is a new record. It just came out." And I was like, "No fucking way!" Like, are you for real? <laughs> like in 2012 or whenever this was. And he was like, "Yeah, it's not as good as the other stuff, but you know, like it was." That's great. The one guy at the concert who doesn't go to the shitter when they bust out the new material. Yep, and that's like, but I mean, that is what he was doing was jamming some tunes. I just like the idea of like the Antioch Code, like sort of dynamic of that of him being like, "I respect you." Like the light in me honors the light in you. Is it okay if I put some Queen's Rake on? Like, I feel like if a cabbie asks you if you want to jam some tunes and you say yes, he should be like passing you a tambourine back through the window. Yeah, seriously, right? That's like. So there's a, a you might want to wear this scarf because we're gonna listen to some Aerosmith. He should hand you a, a a lit joint. That's basically what he's asking you there. Uh, it's time for the guy of the week in honor of you, Albert. Uh, we have to pick our guy of the week, and our guy of the week this week, Albert, is Anton Jameson. It's Anton Ooh. Jameson. I'm not your favorite wizard. Do you remember Anton Jameson fondly or with great anguish? Ugh. I just found him the most tedious and annoying guy. <laughs> um, all the way back to North Carolina when he, when he was like the cheesy, smarmy guy next to Vince Carter. Um, and then just made a whole career out of being like the one guy who respected the importance of winning on shitty teams that, <laughs> that he never made better. Um, yeah, just the most annoying guy. Was he... So he was like a prig in those because the the whiz for a while we're trying to build around that core of like him and Karan Butler and I guess like an injured Gilbert Arenas 
Uh, yeah, was that was there... because everybody hated his guts. Really? Okay. Because like Steve Buckhands loved him, and like fans liked him because they would interview him after a game that they lost by 13, and he would be like, well, the young guys, you know, we got a lot of young guys here who don't know what it takes to win in this league. <laughs> you know, his career, win- his career winning percentage was like 321 or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's also fair to say that the young guys he was talking about were like JaVale McGee, Nick right. Young. <laughs> Andre and, Blatch. And Andre Blatch. So, like, he wasn't... It's the classic, you're not wrong, you're just an asshole. Like, that, <laughs> right, you're like, also describing yourself. Like, yeah. We have some older guys that also don't know how to win, and I wish the younger guys would listen to them more. We're going to yeah, go... He would, uh, he, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. no well, I want you to dump on Anton James. Well, he would make, like, like these those ugly, like, below-the-rim push shots, like the, the knuckleball shots that were his specialty, and... You know, the announcers would eat it up because he was getting buckets any damn way he could, right? And then at the other end, he would just, like, stand there like a statue while guys blew by him for layups. And somehow that never that never factored into, like, whether he was committed to winning or not. I don't know. Uh, just, do you get... want to do the breaking news alert, Drew, quickly? Oh, is there breaking news? It just came in uh, from Daisy. This just came in from uh, my sources. Diego Maradona, RIP, had a heart attack and yeah. died at 16. Oh, my God! Yeah. Terrible. I mean, Oh my goodness! Super duper surprising given his health and stuff like that, but that still sucks. Like, yeah, but I like Diego. He Maradona was in the like the Keith Richards zone where I just expected him to just keep on living forever, no matter what right. he did to his body. Yeah, like it's just like his whole life is proof that like some people cannot be killed. Yeah, uh, that that's very sad. The yeah, the hand of God strikes yet again. But it oh, that's tough. <laughs> It's time to get to the. It's time to get to the fun bag. And uh, uh, speaking of phasing things out, uh, now that uh, Donald Trump has uh, essentially conceded, he'll never vocally concede, but he allowed Emily Gordon, the woman who runs the transition office, and a woman who looks like a composite of every single Trump like lackey in history, all merge into a single person. <laughs> uh, she uh, she's allowing for the transition to happen. So. To that end, uh, I am allowed, and America is allowed, to never give a fuck about Donald Trump again, which means that the Donald Trump question of the week in the fun bag is going to be phased out. Uh, if not now, then uh, probably, probably by as January we get, 2nd yeah, or whatever. By, yeah. yeah, by January. We're, we're going to get there. But uh, for you, Albert, you get a Trump question of the week, which is from David, who writes, what is the most complicated recipe you think you could successfully teach Trump to complete on his own, given 24 hours of instruction. Let's tell him, let's say we tell him he gets to see Kathy Ireland topless if he's successful, so he's actually motivated. <laughs> what is the most complicated recipe you could teach him, Albert? Ooh, uh, I think I could get him to butter his own toast. <laughs> uh, but he would, he would complain and grouse about it. He'd be resentful. Yeah, yeah well, okay, I... Usually it already has butter on it. Yeah, him, him <laughs> complaining. Right. Him complaining is a given. It's like having children. Like if they do it, if they com- if they bitch and moan, but they still do it, that's like that's my victory. So like I'm gonna treat the president the same way. So, but you don't think anything more complicated than buttered toast? Absolutely not. You remember he has to toast the bread himself without burning it. Yeah. Has anybody here seen Wet Hot American Summer? Yes. The scene when Janine Garofalo asks Paul Rudd to put his cafeteria tray away, and he's, like, flopping yep. across the cafeteria, <laughs> oh, sighing. Yeah, oh. 
Like, that's Donald Trump trying to push the, <laughs> the lever down on a toaster. Like, just the absolute it would also abject be... display of misery. He would also burn toast hard because it would be like, however, like, be like, I want to toast it the most so you can toast it. Like, we're going <laughs> right. all the way. Like, does this go to 13? What? Like, just, you know, and then, <laughs> yeah, just producing one briquette after another. He would. He would make a Jim Nance toast. He would absolutely yep. do that. I think I could make him, I think I could get him to successfully nuke a cup of noodles. I think I could do that. I mean, if it were the sort of thing that you needed to get him motivated for, if you were like, just put this steak on this grill and like, and it doesn't matter how long you cook it for because the way you eat it is just like, just leave it on there for an hour. Yeah, that's true. Cause he, like, I think, yeah, and him, him making like the big boy tough guy faces next to the grill. Like, yeah, like when the one where he pretends to be screaming. Like, yeah. <laughs> like that shit. But yeah. I don't, uh, it's not a visual medium. I shouldn't have just made the face on the Zoom. Anyway, Albert and Drew <laughs> saw it. It was great. The, but yeah, I think like if it involved, like if you had to get him to get, the charcoal lit though again like we're back at at square one i think yeah no no you'd have to get a pan on a burner and then the steak would have to be fatty enough like i can't trust him to like put some sort of pre-grease in the pan without fucking that up so it would have to be a steak that's fatty enough on its own where it doesn't stick to the pan because because it's cooking in its own fat so like a ribeye or something like that so i i could get him to burn the shit out of a ribeye i think that could work yeah I mean, that's the sort of thing where you just need to get him to pay attention for like five minutes over the course of one hour. Could he? But again, that's maybe harder than it sounds. Could he toast a pop tart without ruining it? <laughs> I don't think he could. Yeah, and I'm not sure that I would uh, say I that that's something he would want it ruined. Like, yeah, he, but he bites into it, and the insides are liquid. He's like, "This isn't done enough." Yeah, <laughs> he eats pop tarts over hard. That's right. <laughs> Imagine asking him to dress a salad. That would just be fantastic. I can just imagine the way that he's got this one tick. If we're gonna if we're gonna retire the Trump question, which I think is right to do, I'm just gonna all the dumb things about him I've ever noticed, I'm going to, to mention I think what is the dumbest one, which is that he loves pouring things. It's a big like like splashing water is like a big Trump deal. There's that Conan outtake where he just like is supposed to be drinking water and he just pours it on the table and he's like, "What do you think of that? Was that funny?" And right. Conan was I remember like, that. "Yeah." And Conan was like, "No, it's not like what's the joke? Like you just made a mess and now someone else has to clean it up." But I think that anything that would require him to like do a little bit of something, like just put some oil in the pan or put some dressing on the salad or whatever. Like, he's a big, splashy boy. Like, he wants to go hard as fuck on that. And so there's going to be, like, the whole thing, like, the thing of Wishbone is going to be him, like, squeezing it until it makes, like, a farting sound, you know, or that, like, a little bit of ketchup just won't do for our big man. <laughs> so I don't think that you could trust him. Like, yeah, like like you were saying with the pan, like, the idea of, like, just spray a little bit of Pam in there. Like, for, it's not going to be a little bit. He's going to empty, the like, the clip on that. Yeah. <laughs> that's an old That's an old Pam ad. And my wife still quotes, and I still quote, like, because the joke, like, like the, the wife is like, uh, oh, I used Pam. And then the husband's like, she got a sister? Like, that's exactly what Trump would say. Yeah, <laughs> terrific. I knew a Pam. Terrific. Yeah. Pamela Anderson. Everybody loves her. <laughs> so many Pamelas out there, but she was the one. She was the one Pamela. Many said that, I, that Trump had a chance, but <laughs> uh, I'm going to miss that guy. Yeah, I'm not really going to miss. I'm already tired. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude. Brandon Nix is our producer and engineer. Daisy Rosario 
is our executive producer. Both of them loved the mashup and uh, hope it just stays forever. <laughs> so take and that ever. shit up with them. The theme song is by the immortal Kirk Hamilton, and you can listen to ad-free episodes of The Distraction only on Stitcher Premium. And thanks to Roth and Albert and me, you can get a free month of Stitcher Premium right now. Go to StitcherPremium.com and use the promo code DISTRACT. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is that you listen, and go to Defector.com, too. And in fact, and I won't give away the ghost here, but starting on Black Friday, uh, we're going to have gift subscriptions at, uh, at Defector. Then you can gift subscriptions all holiday season long. And past that, because birthdays exist, too. Yeah. So please, by all means, Join us for our podcast, Birthdays Exist. Yes, and so please take advantage of that. And Albert, you are a lovely guest. Will you come back again so we can talk about (laughs) other NBA stars you hate? Because really, that's just what I want to do. Yes, That's all I want to do all day. That was so funny. (laughs) I have so so few outlets for venting about the NBA players I hate after the website and Slack and Twitter and my family and people I pass in the store. That's all written. Having it in your voice is just... Yeah. Absolutely primo shit. So thank you, Al. Who never minded Anton Jameson, too. You touched me. You changed me. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Have a good holiday, everybody. Bye. See you. All right. Bye bye. Happy Thanksgiving.